0: Welcome back to another Cleverly Changing Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Elle, from the blog CleverlyChanging.com, and I'm excited to begin today's conversation with you. Today, we are going to be talking about a special topic, transitioning into homeschool. So we're going to answer a few questions, and then we're going to have a discussion. We are also going to begin by sharing a Moroccan proverb with you. The proverb goes, instruction in youth is like engraving in stone. Let me say that again. Instruction in youth is like engraving in stone. So in our conversation today, we're going to be touching on starting the homeschool process. And so for some of you, I know that you're not going to homeschool all the way through. You may be looking to share information with your kid in order to supplement, but we want to provide you all with support. That is why we have these bi-weekly conversations with everyone. So if you have questions, remember you can definitely send us an email at cleverlychanging@gmail.com, And we look forward to answering your questions. So without further ado, let us begin the conversation. It's now time for the word of the episode.
1: Tuko Pamoja. It simply means we are together. People in East Africa often use this saying when reassuring their support to their friends or colleagues. It is seen as a message of unity and solidarity. We need the love and support of our village. Think of ways you can support your community.
2: This is Cleverly Folter Kids! In
0: this segment, we talk to kids about different topics.
1: All right, everyone, we're talking with Amira and the question
2: for you today, little lady, is how do you feel when you see the reactions of people when they learn that you are homeschooled? I really don't care. I mean, I don't. It's, it's, you're still going to school. You're just not going out to go to school. Okay, so does it bother you that people seem amazed like Really? Who does that? No. Okay. Do you... Have you ever experienced any line of questioning where you felt like they were trying to assess your level of knowledge or learning? I feel like nobody ever does that to me. Like, ever. Hmm... Interesting, you don't remember some of these incidences that I did. Well, um, do you think that people should try to ask children questions when they find out that they're being educated at home? Not in a mean way, but like, and annoyed that you would treat a normal child who goes to regular school. Mm, I like that response such a mature little lady (laughs) that's a good answer people should not treat oh excuse me let me rephrase people should not question homeschooled children about the level of their knowledge any more than they would a child who is attending a public school charter school private school so last question since you don't seem to have too much on the matter except you don't care high five to that Um, <laughs> how would you respond to someone an adult how would you respond to an adult who decided that they should quiz you or what you know I would not answer that because that's kind of rude from the mouths of babes you heard it here folks thank you
0: Welcome to another Cleverly Changing Podcast. Today, we have an exciting show for you. This is our sixth episode, and we are talking about support, and we're also going to answer a question from Julian, and the question is... Oh, I'm supposed to be saying the question. The question...
1: (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) The question is... How do you make the transition from public or private school to homeschool?
0: All right. So this isn't a question that I'm that uh, well-versed in. So I'm going to let Miriam share her take on this because she actually experienced this with her daughter. Oh, we're jumping to the question.
1: OK, so I did not do any real transition. I took my daughter out of school in the middle of third grade. Um, that was January. So it was right after the winter break. Um, I, I kind of just jumped right into things. Um, during the winter break, I had kind of settled on the fact that I was going to take her out. And I was searching for some guidance. I found a Kamali Academy and I found, um, what else did I find? That's the only thing that's sticking out in my mind right now. But I found a few other things and I started building a plan of how I was going to go through things. I had bought a little planner and I had written down, you know, on Monday we're going to do these three subjects and on Tuesdays it's going to be these three subjects or whatever. And I had it all written down. So every Sunday I would sit down and write out what I was going to do. And that was basically it. Um, there is something a term that gets thrown around a lot called de-schooling I don't know that that's necessary I guess it depends on the child if you take your child out of school because they are struggling within the construct of school not so much the academics of school, then maybe that would be, you know, time to decompress, much like how we do after we come home from work. But if you took them out due to academic reasons, it may not necessarily, it doesn't it doesn't have to be necessary. Um, I think that we have done Deschooling and still do, but it's not in the sense of a set time frame. It's going to be five days of just chilling or whatever, going out and seeing the sights. I just know why the school system is what it is and how it was created how it hasn't changed much since its inception so I don't necessarily lean into what I've been taught school is I know I catch myself sometimes when we're doing certain things and I'm like oh man hold on, why am I making such a big deal about this? Because it doesn't have to be this way. Learning does not have to look like what most of us have in mind when we think about schooling. So I think the deschooling thing is a continuous process and that it's not always necessary at the moment that you transition from traditional school
0: to homeschool. Right. And I I just want to kind of interject and say that when you hear different homeschoolers talking about de-schooling and how it's necessary, that is totally dependent on you and the way that you homeschool. You talked a little bit earlier about homeschooling like writing down your plan. So maybe when you first started homeschooling, it was kind of similar in some ways to a traditional school because you had, you know, your plan on what day you would teach certain Mm -hmm. subjects. And it was a structured approach. So in choosing a structured approach, that's more similar to the way a school would teach your child, the transition may be a little bit easier. And so we're definitely not saying that you should definitely take that route because with homeschoolers, we all know that you have to try different things to see what works. Because when you first come home and you say, I'm gonna teach my kids, we all know that that first week does not define the rest of your homeschooling. Yeah,
1: period. that first month could even be rough. You guys are still trying <laughs> to find your place with each other and interactions and, you know, what works and what doesn't work, what you like, what you don't like. Do they really need a rough schedule, a tough schedule? How self-motivated are they? Um, are they more self-motivated in other subjects than maybe you know the ones that you consider to be more more important there's a lot of finding your ground more than anything so I would say don't plan for your transition to be x period of time just be patient and you know watch it happen and let it happen because you'll find that you may not know what you thought you knew.
0: Yeah. Right, so just for the purposes of defining what de-schooling is, it's that transition period when you take your kid out of a more traditional school setting, whether it's private or public, and you choose to teach them from home. So in that period where your child will no longer be in school, you're coming up with maybe ways to not do school at all or to kind of um, redefine what the school rhythm, the academic rhythm is for your child. Would you add anything to that definition? No, I think that's good. Yeah. So um, you talked a little bit about it in in the sense that some people that may mean you know going on different field trips you know for a while and you know maybe teaching your kids through video and maybe taking notes. There are multiple ways to do it. So we're not going to say on this podcast. Well, deschooling schooling is where you do X, Y, and Z because it's, you know, with many things with homeschool, it's different yeah. for each family. So you have to find a way to redefine that um, educational rhythm in your household to define what will work in the future. And so to me, I feel like from my perspective, since I haven't, my kids have never been in, in school, so we didn't go through a period of, of de-schooling. But we have gone through periods where I had to redefine what I was doing. Um, Like, for instance, this year, I switched the curriculum. My daughter said, it's not working. And she was, you know, just really acting out. And I said, okay, to keep the peace. Let me go ahead and see how I can change this because I wanted her to be more self-sufficient. Her sister didn't mind. So I told her sister, she could continue doing the other curriculum, which was an online curriculum versus like a workbook style where she completes certain lessons, answers the questions more of a traditional school setting. And the other child wanted the more traditional setting. So just because something works in your household one year, doesn't mean that, that will be true the next year. So you got to keep that in mind. Deschooling may be something that um, you have to explore even after you have homeschooled for a while in some ways. Yeah.
1: Like I said, I think for me, it's a continuous process. I don't think that it's something that's ever going to end. I think that we have a colonial point of view a lot of times because that's the way society has affected us, you know, and we either have to decide where we want to be with that. Are we fine with that and those ideals and representations? If we are, okay. And if you're not, then you're constantly aware of or you try to be constantly aware of how your style of or your methods are being conveyed and how you're spending your time and the things that you're teaching and the way that you're teaching. Yeah, I think it's a for for myself, like I said, I think it's a continual process. I don't expect it to end anytime soon because there's always little things that you don't even realize that are in the back of your mind until it pops up. And then you're like, oh man, that's not cool.
0: Right. And one thing to think about in the homeschool experience and the homeschool journey is that you have to think outside Mm -hmm. the box. You can't just say, I'm going to buy this curriculum and we're going to do this from three, I mean, from eight to two or, you know, don't be rigid in your mindset because that's going to make the experience a little harder. For those who are type A and very structured, maybe not, you know, maybe this isn't advice for you because those rigid time frames really work in your household. So, um, but for those that it doesn't, school doesn't have to be an eight hour a day experience. And I know for the both of us, it's not, um, it's something that has become more fluid in our daily life and the way that we communicate with our kids and teach them. And for me, I don't view it like I'm teaching my kids. My kids are 10 now. And I feel like they're able to, to learn and they're self-motivated. So I see myself as a guide. And with computers and you know tutors and other resources, I feel like I'm a facilitator in some ways, but they have other teachers and other guides besides just me. And so I look at them gaining knowledge more so than I'm stuck on them gaining um, pages in a workbook or, you know, doing some check marks and saying, Hey, you got that right. You know, it's really um, learning full concepts and going from there. And I think it's important for us to just kind of say, step outside of the box. And, and go from there. You do have to define what that means for, for your family and for your, your child, but um, it's important for you to effectively explore and research different things that work, whether it's a um, a homeschool group that you may find online and you're learning from, but look at all areas in the different homeschool spectrums and find out what information is out there that you can take from and apply it to your homeschool.
1: Great advice. Okay, so the topic is for today's discussion. I feel like Mr. Rogers. (laughs) Today's topic of discussion is support. Do you feel supported in your decision to homeschool. I've heard all kinds of stories of people whose parents or in-laws, sisters, brothers are not on board and like to do things like uh, quiz the children (laughs) to see just what exactly do they know. They'll ask them questions about what their day is like and how they're enjoying or not enjoying, if they feel like they're missing out on things. That makes me sad. But I know it's a reality for a lot of people. Lack of support kind of makes you question yourself and wonder if you're really doing the right thing or not. Right. So would it, I guess, let's see. What, what advice would you offer to someone who feels as though that they have a very weak or non-existent support system when it comes to the education of their children at home?
0: I think that whatever you do, if you don't have a support system, it makes it 10 times yeah. harder. So if you, if you need support, you have to look at it outside in various places. So whether that's joining a co-op, joining a homeschool group, are joining a Facebook group because here in the 21st century digital friends are real people. Yes. <laughs> so you
2: can connect
0: to a real person, you can, you know, do Zoom meetings or Skype into them and talk to them. You can talk to them via the telephone, you can do FaceTime. There are multiple ways to connect with people outside of your house and outside of your community. And if that is what you need in order to be prosperous, just because they're not physically around you isn't an excuse. You have to sometimes you have to go outside of yourself and extend yourself into to um and let people know what you yeah. need. I think if someone's, you know, if you're clear and you're open and you, you know, you meet another homeschool family online, for instance, and you say, Hey, you know, I need some extra encouragement. Can we check in with each other? Maybe, you know, once a week, once a month, but I need an accountability partner. I highly doubt anybody is going to say, get out of here with that. (laughs) So I, so I would say my advice would be, even if you're not the biggest extrovert out there. there are other people like you. there are other people trying to educate their children who are on the same path with the same revelations as you as you have. and so I believe they're out there. You just have to find them and like you're listening to this podcast right now, so you definitely have you know, to moms who are in the thick of things, who are dealing with it. And, you know, if you're in that, if you know, if this is you and your experience, you can reach out to us and we can say, hey, I've been there. We can, um, you know, just be an extra support if that's what you need. But I, you know, I don't think that having a tangible person Beside you at all times is the end all be all. It definitely makes it easier. So if you had a spouse or a partner who was on board, that's that definitely makes it ten times, one hundred times easier. But that's not always going to be the case. And so you have just like you want your kids to to go with the flow when things aren't ideal. As an adult, sometimes you have to do that as well.
1: Yeah, but I was thinking when you just said um, that having a real life person isn't may not be um, a possibility for you at the moment, or you may not, you know, it's it's not the end all be all, I think is the way you put it. But I was mm-hmm. thinking in terms of the children, you know, because they are kind of just in the middle of it. And I would, I would suggest preparing the children for these sorts of interactions, especially when it comes to folks you can't avoid, like family members. You can't really avoid them (laughs) when they live in the same state or the same city on the same block. So preparing your children for these types of interactions, I think, is another step that you can take. So you could tell them, hey, if someone is asking you to recite some Shakespeare sonnets or asking you um, what book report you last did, or what's 97.1 divided by 15, just stuff, to, you know, yeah, Some trying to child. see if they're learning something with you, um, preparing your child for those type of interactions, letting them know, hey, if you don't want to answer that line of questioning, you have my permission and my support not to answer.
2: So that doesn't true. mean
1: that you need to be rude. But you could say something like, oh, let me, let me go get my mom. Let me talk to dad or, you know, whatever, some sort of, something, yeah, give out. them something that they can use to deflect and right. move the conversation. And if the person continues on, you know, especially if you know that grandma is coming and going to be all in the mix then you can do your best to position yourself near enough that you can step in if it's going too far. Right.
0: So That's important too. And I think sometimes we, I haven't personally had it happen to me and my kids that I can remember. Like it very well could have, but (laughs) I don't think it was a big deal to me if it if it happened because I don't I don't recall but I will say that um my kids sometimes like when they go to doctor's appointments yeah. and the doctor says oh you're out of school today <laughs> like I've noticed my kids like <laughs> just make faces in their head like <laughs> I'm out of school every day because I'm homeschooled. Like this is a part of my homeschool. Right. Like, we have some questions you know, for you, we're doctor, about what doctors are yeah. doing today this Just cuz Just desire. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So I definitely do see a reaction from my kids at times when people who don't know that they're homeschooled um, may ask certain school-related questions, like you know um, when. Like if, you know, it's recently, if it's been a snow day and the kids see somebody, oh, aren't you so happy you're back in school because there was a snow day? Like I can just tell from my kids' reactions that, you know, they are a little annoyed. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's really the only thing that we've experienced. And I've just told them, you know, fix your face. (laughs) Good advice. That's something that we moms Mm -hmm. say sometimes to our kids, fix your face pull it together. <laughs> but um, for, for the most part, it hasn't, it hasn't really been a big deal. Um, and really, I think that people, everybody isn't in favor of me homeschooling my kids. Let me just be clear and say that I do have family members who think my kids would be better off in school, but the vast majority of my family members Are happy with my decision and they think it's a good decision you know so you have you have to be confident in your decision too And so I'm confident in my decision so I don't I haven't internalized the negative stuff and for the most part when you know even when we go to the doctor's office and they find out that our my kids are homeschooled it's not it's not so negative Um, I've heard friends with the quizzing stories, like if they went to the store when, if they went shopping in the middle of the day, you know, somebody that saw them out of the house with all of their kids, you know, may have had a few words, but you personally, as a parent, I don't feel like I owe the world an right. explanation to what I do with my kids. So to me, it's almost like, Oh, they said something, and no big deal because they That's don't. That's right. What you, you know, doing they in my house? Absolutely not. Right, they don't have a, a direct correlation or say in what I do with my kids, so it's not a big deal to me. And I think that if you have in laws that may not be as um, <laughs> accommodating yeah. as mine, you have to you have to kind of maybe role play, either in your mind if it. If it really bothers you, you have to decide, you know, what are you going right. to say? And like you said, talk to the kids. That's huge. That's very important. Because your kids shouldn't feel uncomfortable because of the the education right. they receive. They don't have a say. It's not their
1: choice. Well, in some instances it is, but there, it's not it their place to have to explain that to any adult. That's not right.
0: their they job. They
1: shouldn't have to justify their right. experiences. So, I mean, the whole, th- I know I have had, okay, so I have taken children to the doctor and doctor has asked questions. It didn't seem like it was coming from a place of, what you doing homeschooling, girl? But, and not necessarily nosiness either. It kind of seemed like she was just trying to get, some gauge of their learning, I guess, to see if maybe she needs to suggest some testing or something of the that nature, maybe it didn't seem really prying, although I really wondered it made me wonder, is this something that she's kind of legally bound to do so that she can report to child services any uh um you know, I'm not sure what the word I'm looking for at the moment is. Any wrongdoing, any slight to the children. I've also, I.
0: What did she ask? Um, Can you tell
1: us? Honestly, I don't remember. I think she was like, what are you, what's your favorite subject? And what are you learning in that subject? Or something like that kind of thing. Um, or what, what have oh, you. Okay. What kinds of things are you learning? Something like that, you know, kind of broad, not real specific, but you know. And I think part of it too, because it's pediatrician, they want to see developmental stages,
0: right? Are they hitting yeah, the so? Milestone? Do you know your
1: ABCs? I remember she said that to one of the younger ones. Um, you can count. Yeah. yeah, those are
0: those are common questions though. On the like at my pediatrician they have a, a yeah. list of questions that they're going to ask you at each appointment so that to me I seems don't think kind that of... was on the list though at the point <laughs> when she was asking those
1: questions oh. i don't think she was yet sitting there in the chart doing that but i didn't really take offense but i couldn't help but wonder you know what the real motive for the that line of questioning was it didn't really bother me so much I'm not really the type to just be to just allow some things to happen if I was really not feeling it I would have been like oh come on you don't have to do all of that mm-hmm. and that would have been that or I would have said you don't gotta answer her <laughs> <laughs> flat out okay but like I said I wasn't really I wasn't feeling threatened at all but I do have some family members as well who are not on board I've heard some comments that at this point I'm not going to share with you all because I don't want to get one in trouble (laughs) oh
0: but um can you, can you share without disclosing who it is? Well,
1: if I share what was
0: said, then
1: this, <laughs> I don't know if it's going to get back to this person because I'm not even really supposed to know what someone said.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, then we won't share that.
1: <laughs> but okay. I know that um, there are several folks that don't have faith in what I'm doing. They Mm. and and I'm okay with that, absolutely 100% okay with that. Wow, but you know, um,
0: I have teachers for the most part, for the most part, people think I'm a hero.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I get a lot of that. Oh, girl, you better than me. Oh man, I don't know how you do it. Oh, you strong, sis. I'm like, "Eh."
0: (laughs) yeah, right, right.
1: I'm doing what I got to do so that these children can live and move and continue to breathe within this society, which really scares me sometimes, a lot of the time, most of the time. This is totally unrelated, side note, but the other day it was really warm here and the, the children were going out with dad to ride bikes. And my son had this big blue water pistol, and he wanted to take it with him, and I was scared. And I was like, "Nah, leave, leave that here, baby. I'm, I'm, a, I'm gonna hold that for you." And my hmm. <laughs> husband said, "Wait, what? Why can't he take it?" He said, "Well, for real." That... He said, like, "I kind of thought that at first, but." I, I'm not going to let these people scare me. It's a, and I was like, I know, but... Uh, and the fact that I had to feel that way about a four-year-old with a bright blue transparent water pistol with orange trigger is...
0: Uh, is upsetting.
1: Girl, mm-hmm. I mean... <laughs> I felt bad saying it, but I was like, I'd rather feel bad now than feel worse later, because people are crazy. People are crazy. And he wanted, he don't want to do nothing but ride his bike down the street like all the other children do with his daddy.
0: That's definitely a topic <laughs> we're going to have to talk about.. <laughs> In the future, like that man, like I almost felt, I, f- I felt that, I felt that experience that yeah. you just shared with us, and so um, we definitely want to talk, we want to be transparent with you guys and have real conversations, and that was a real moment. Um, we're not going to go into it right now, but we're definitely going to do a future show about driving, driving wow, black.) about being, you know, minorities in America. I don't really like that word, but living different experiences because I feel like our lives are a bit different than those who are in the yeah. mainstream in Non-white some white um, in America. Uh-huh. That's exactly what it is. I think on this podcast we have to be real and we have to talk about some topics that are not always favorable. And so we want you guys to tune in but also let a friend know about the show, especially if you are enjoying what we're talking about. If you have future topics, please let us know. Send an email to CleverlyChanging, that's C-L-E-V-E-R-L-Y-C-H-A-N-G-I-N-G at gmail.com. So send us an email, let us know what the topic is. You can also um, contact us on social media, My handle is at CleverlyChanging. Can you tell them your handle, please? Frank and Herbs. Yes. So we look forward to hearing from you in the future and future topics. So please tune in again. Remember to subscribe. If you're listening to us on iTunes, please leave us a review. If you're listening to us on SoundCloud, follow us on SoundCloud. definitely share, 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 and share some more. Thank you.